you, Doug Apple, and those college kids uh, singing the joy of the Lord is my strength. You may wonder where you've heard that before. Uh, I believe it's uh, Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. And, um, you know, the, God's people at that moment were not in a happy condition. It was actually a war zone. And he was reminding them that uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Uh, we call this time Fellowship. My name is Lowell Jackson, and we want to uh, enter into uh, the flow of the divine life proceeding from the throne, circulating through the members. I'd like to continue a topic that we started yesterday with uh, Dr. David uh, Hull uh, on the topic of the church. Now, hold on just a minute. You may think, well, that's kind of institutional or uh, that's not necessarily going to apply to me. Um, but you know what? If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, and I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus, we are the church. Our culture may have uh, defined it such that we think of something else, but I'd like to share with you uh, some verses that will help us be what the Lord wants us to be. As uh, Dr. Hull mentioned yesterday, the verb, uh, uh, the, the word is actually, actually almost a verb. It's something we are rather than a thing, an institution on the corner. Um, we are the people of God. The New Testament calls that the ecclesia, the uh, called out ones, and it's translated church. Let me give you a few verses I think that will help us have a New Testament view and a biblical view of what this is. In Ephesians chapter 3, it says that uh, God wants to make his eternal purpose, his multifarious wisdom, made known through the church. In Ephesians 5.32, says that there is a great mystery in the universe, and this mystery is Christ and the church. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, calls uh, the church his masterpiece. I wonder if you and I would have ever used that term. But we're talking now about the church as God sees it, his view in Ephesians. And probably the greatest prophecy in the entire Bible is the one in Matthew 16, 18, where the Lord Jesus, and it sounds like with some determination, said, I will build my church. Does that sound determined to you? I will build my church. And it's interesting to me the pronoun here. He didn't say, I will build the church. He didn't say, I will build a church. He said, I will build my church. And it sounds very possessive and very specific. The Lord has a church, and he's building it. And in Ephesians chapter 1, the, the Bible says that there is a head, and that's him, and a body. That's the church. And that the body is the fullness of this wonderful one. The body is the fullness. First Timothy describes the church as the pillar and the base of the truth. So the believers, the ecclesia, the church in a city, are supposed to be a, a demonstration, a fortress, uh, a home 
a distribution point of the church. Ephesians 2 describes the church as the household of God. Ephesians 2 also describes it as growing. It's an organic entity, and we are being built together to be the dwelling place of God. And we know how the Lord treasures the church because in Ephesians 5, it says he loved the church and gave himself up for her. And it will become, according to Ephesians 2, the one new man. Colossians says this one new man, of course, this is a corporate man. Uh, there's no uh, nothing racial, no Jew or Greek. There's nothing religious, no circumcision or uncircumcision. There's no social class. But Christ is all and in all. Revelation describes the churches as the lampstands burning brightly. Revelation chapter 1 verse 11 is uh, addressed to seven churches, but it goes on to name seven cities. So the early believers continued in the apostles' uh, fellowship regarding the church. Uh, Acts chapter 20 says that the early believers gathered on the first day of the week to break bread. And it seems like from uh, Acts chapter 4, that the three-pronged characteristic of the church was prayer, the Spirit, and the Word. Prayer, the Spirit, and the Word. 1 Corinthians 14 describes how the early church met our predecessors. And it says, What then, brothers, whenever you come together? What do you think whenever means? Let's let it mean whenever. But it says, whenever you come together, each one has. And it goes on in the same chapter to say that prophesying or speaking forth builds up the church and that we should long for this exercise of this gift that each one has. Psalm 133 promises a great blessing when brothers will come together and dwell in oneness and in one accord. According to uh, Psalm 133, that uh, promised blessing from the oneness is life, life evermore. Um, you remember we mentioned a few days ago that when the Lord Jesus prayed in John 17, his time on earth was quite advanced. His conclusion was getting close, and he prayed, and he asked the Father to keep them in your name, and that all would be one, even as the triune God is one. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, the scripture tells us to keep the oneness. That oneness is described in 1 Corinthians 1.10 as being very practical, that we speak the same thing. We have the same mind. We have the same opinion. Does this sound like uh, we believers need to have a turn and uh, let this describe us? In uh, John chapter 14, the Lord said, I'm going to be in you and you in me and I'm in the Father. So it's, it's co-inhering that uh, makes this oneness possible. Um, what I think we're seeing here in the Word is that uh, this is quite uh, organic. Um, 
in Ephesians chapter 1, it talks about the church being the fullness, the body. Ephesians chapter 4 says there's one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. This passage to me sounds very all-inclusive and very singularly focused on one, 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 one. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, it says there's one body, one body. So um, it sounds as if we are an organism, members one of another, with, uh, according to Colossians 1.18, Christ is the head of the body. And the body in Colossians 1.18 is described as the church. Romans 12, 4 and 5 describes the one body as having many members and many functions. And 1 Corinthians 12, 25 says there should be no division in the body. Ephesians 4.13 talks about arriving at the oneness of the faith. And here's where I think we believers get tripped up. It's a journey. Ephesians 4.13 talks about arriving at the oneness of the faith, meaning the objective faith, what we believe. It doesn't say arriving at the oneness of the Spirit. The oneness of the Spirit has been given to us, purchased for us by the Lord, distributed to us by the Spirit. Um, if we wait until we have the oneness of uh, the faith before we become one, it may be a long wait. But by dropping all the other things that we value more than the oneness of the body and treasuring the head may be a practical way to enter into what we're talking about. Colossians 2.29 describes it this way, holding the head. If we hold the head, there's a supply, there's a knitting, and there is a growth, what it calls the growth of God. In Romans 15, this great epistle is concluded that there would be one accord and that the brothers and sisters would, with one mouth, glorify God the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I hope that um, those verses help us to realize our responsibility and our accountability and what our testimony should be as believers in Christ. There's a book that uh, helped me uh, very much by an author that uh, changed my life. I was a wandering young uh, Christian came into a Christian bookstore and there was a used books and I noticed there was one particular book that seemed to be different from all the others. I probably paid 25 cents for it, paperback. And uh, the author is a dear brother who actually was martyred for the faith because the communist in mainland China uh, would not let him out of prison until he died because he would not recount the faith and tell the congregations to uh, give communism their full loyalty. That brother's name was Watchman Nee. 
And the book that I would like to offer to all Wave 94 listeners free of charge is called The Glorious Church. And it gives us the view of the church from God's perspective based on the scriptures. If you'd like a copy, it's called The Glorious Church. There's no charge. Somebody's already paid the postage for you. You can request your copy at bfa.org. That's bfa.org. That stands for Bibles for America. A copy of the book we're offering you is called The Glorious Church. And we will be back in just a moment to meet a a believer, have some more fellowship, and uh, try to learn some things from their journey in their Christian life. Doug Apple will bring us right back. Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not come up in man's heart, things which God has prepared for those who love him. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. To fear God, to worship God, and to believe in God are all inadequate. To love him is the indispensable requirement. To love God means to set our entire being absolutely on him and to let our entire being be occupied by Him and lost in Him. In this way, we have the closest and most intimate fellowship with God, and we are able to enter into His heart and apprehend all its secrets. Scripture and Commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit recoveryversion.org. Hi, my name is Penny, and I meet with the church in Tallahassee. In Ezekiel 44, there's a unique phrase that says, You shall come near to me to minister to me. And it also says that the basis for the ministry to the Lord, the basic requirement for ministering to the Lord, is to draw near to the Lord. That no one can minister to Him without drawing near to Him. No one can minister to the Lord without approaching Him in prayer. Spiritual power is not the power of preaching, but the power of praying. How much you pray indicates how much inner strength you really possess. No spiritual matter requires more strength than prayer. If you would like to pray with a group in your neighborhood of twos or threes and pray with us, 850-692-9558. We meet in small groups for prayer all over Tallahassee, and we welcome you. 850-692-9558. It's so easy for us to uh, have fellowship. Our guest today is Conrad Medcalf. Welcome, Conrad. Thank you very much. Conrad, we like to uh, just get acquainted with fellow believers and hear their uh, journey in their Christian life and see if we can pick up a few uh, inspirations or maybe helps in our own Christian life. Um, Just by way of introduction, you may need to uh, add or subtract, but I'm sure you won't mind doing that. You're an executive director of... uh, of a of a nonprofit that helps uh, especially the building industry and the political lawmakers come together and do good things for the environment through the construction. How am I doing? That's very very pretty good. Our focus is energy efficiency. Energy efficiency. Yes. Okay. Good. Well, thanks for coming. But you also love Jesus, right? I do. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Well, what what we like to do is uh, in getting into our fellowship time is um, for you just kind of tell us the short version. I notice I emphasize short. Mm-hmm. The short version of your life story. The reason it has to be short is because Doug Apple is over there with his fingers on the uh, the dials, and uh, he will insist that you and I keep it short. So. And hopefully he'll be giving me cues <laughs> as I start to no, extrapolate on and on. He, he doesn't do that. He beats on me. You're, you're, you're safe, okay? <laughs> okay, very good. So uh, give us a short version of your life story. Well, thank you very much for allowing me to share this time with you. I uh, I grew up in uh, Connecticut, and I was uh, baptized into a congregational church when I was about two years old. Don't have a lot of memory of that, but I did uh, stay with that congregational church for my whole life. Um, I uh, ended up uh, dating the pastor's daughter during my high school years. Uh, but other than that, I was a pretty annoying teenager during those years. I, uh, I painted large um, multicolored birds on the side of my VW. Uh, I played in uh, musical bands. Uh, our, uh, our, our gig was that uh, in between each song, we would all change instruments. It was just a, a thing. Did you ever know, you know what instrument was coming next, or was yes, it just yeah, total, yeah, you did? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it wasn't totally improv, but uh, but I did learn how to play many different instruments, none well, and uh, and so my high school, my my childhood was a good childhood, fairly normal, fairly boring, and uh, but after I graduated from high school, I traveled around the country for uh, about a year and a half because I did not know what I really wanted to do. And much of that time, I was seeking God. Mm -hmm. And much of that time, I was seeking through lots of different churches. So I went to a Baptist church. I went to a Lutheran church. I went to the Catholic church. It took me about two weeks to get into a Jewish synagogue because all the brothers of the synagogue had to come together and agree that they were going to allow me to come in. I, I just want to watch. You know, I just want to. Um, and uh, so, yes, many different churches, uh, constantly seeking uh, I was uh, sometimes not allowed into churches uh, in South Carolina. They stopped me at the door and said I needed a tie. And I just didn't have a tie with me, and they didn't have one to provide like a like any good restaurant would. That would be a good idea to yeah. have a tie if you're going to have the policy. <laughs> right. Have a, a loner, huh? Yes, yes. You know, my, my wife is going to a Jewish synagogue tomorrow. Is that right? Yeah, she's been researching, you know, uh, where they meet in Tallahassee, but she's taking this this course uh, in required, I think, uh, option in called world religions, and she has to go to meetings of other faiths. So uh, she has picked the Jewish synagogue. We have some heritage there, of course, as Christians, and uh, I can't wait to hear her report. <laughs> but anyway, back to your journey. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, my journey, and. Uh, Many different experiences going through uh, getting involved. I, I spent quite a bit of time with, uh, with uh, the Jewish community. Um, they have a very interesting uh, philosophy, very inter- interesting spirituality. I also spent about uh, 10 years um, affiliated with an Amish 
church. Ten years. Well, I lived in an Old Order Amish community for 15 years, yes. That, that was a long visit. <laughs> that was a long time. Uh, and I wasn't officially a member of their church because to be part of the Amish church, I would have had to give up my car and my phone. And, and actually, nobody in the neighborhood wanted me to give up my car and my phone because they were all Amish and had no car and phone of their own. Well, they could borrow yours. So right? they didn't mind to borrow mine. Well, just for our listeners that maybe not be familiar with the Amish uh, lifestyle, they, there's no utilities and no cars and... What else? Uh, well, pretty much uh, if Jesus didn't do it, they won't do it. So most of them are carpenters uh, and fishermen. Uh, but, and certainly genuine believers, aren't genuine they? Genuine believers. Uh, they're very similar to um, the church that I go to today. Uh, they meet in homes. Uh, they're very, uh, of course, their spirituality, their uh, religion uh, I almost can't call it a religion because it is a lifestyle. Um, it's more than just a religion to them. It's a spirituality that pervades everything they do. And that's why if Jesus didn't do it, they won't do it. But if your car broke down out in front of their house, they'd be right out there under the hood trying to figure it out with you. Uh, they're, they're, not, uh, they, they're comfortable being awkward in the world. In fact, uh, one of the things they always said was, we're in, anytime any awkward thing came up, they would say, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Hmm. So they are. I'm not sure a lot of us Christians could say that. <laughs> yes, it's really true. So they were. That was a really interesting experience. Well, after trying all these other groups, or maybe I should call it sampling. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you obviously stayed a good while with the Amish. What, what was? Well, I lived with the Amish for 15 years. And what? What? Well, why do you think you did that? Well, uh, I do think that the Amish is the last sustainable culture on the planet. And, uh, and that's a kind of a, an important thing to me. Uh, ever, since I've been, uh, ever since I was 13 years old and I realized that our entire society is based on a non-renewable resource that's going to run out someday, I have been very focused on energy efficiency and, uh, and focus on sustainability, the sustainability of our energy use. And so, um, yeah. Uh, now, that wasn't the only reason I ended up in the Amish community, but that's what drew me there. Um, but uh, mostly when we moved to the Amish community, it was because we wanted to have children, and we wanted them to end up like Amish kids. Because hmm. Amish kids are very, very cool. And, and Amish people, in general, are very, very cool. Uh, there are Amish communities where they're very standoffish, um, Amish communities where they're very authoritarian. Uh, the, but that's one thing about the Amish. Every community is its own church. And there's one church. And everybody comes together. And whatever the elders make it, that's what it is. And it's not a pastor. The elders all have responsibility for creating a church life. And, the, and, and everyone just goes along with it as a show of faith. And I can tell you endless stories about how nutty that looks to someone from outside. Um, but anytime it looked awkward or nutty, they would say, we are in the world, but we're not of the world, brother. <laughs> so you lived among them and worshipped with them. Well, I didn't really worship with them okay. because, um, 
but they were my spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. They were my sp- I followed their spirituality, but I didn't worship with them. Mm-hmm. Now, I was invited to worship with them, but uh, if I had gotten serious about that, I would have had to give up all ties to the outer world um, and uh, would have had to wear the same outfit every day with that goofy hat. <laughs> um, but I, I grew to really love that culture. And I think they are, uh, they are truly the last sustainable uh, culture on the planet because they don't want to change. The rest of the world is changing and has no real control over that. They are driven by worldly pleasures and worldly things. Um, there is a sustainable culture in rural China, but it's not really sustainable because all the kids are running for the cities. Hmm. So the Amish is the last sustainable culture on earth, and, and that has really been kind of my passion ever since I was 13. You know, I was with some brothers a few days ago, and we got into a verse about the world. Uh, it doesn't mean, as you know, the earth, but our Amish friends... Uh, they see something Mm. as many members of the body do it's unfortunate as I tried to say earlier that the body can't come together and we enjoy one another's perspective and wisdom and appreciation etc etc but the world is really a system and uh, unfortunately it's not controlled by the Lord Jesus it's it's a system that the enemy has orchestrated to oppose God's purpose, and unfortunately, it's infiltrated and maybe dominates uh, education, commerce, society, everything. Um, but we touched on a verse. I wish I could remember it. I think it's in First John that says, uh, "The world and its lust." And we usually think of lust as physical, but it it probably means in the scriptures all kinds of cravings. Mm-hmm. The world and its lust are passing away. Uh, I think you kind of alluded to that to view. Then it goes on to say, but that's to say that, but he who does the will of God endures forever. It didn't say he who knows the will of God. I think I read earlier the the will of God is <laughs> to make the church a lampstand, a shining testimony. Um, but as we've got to move beyond knowing. He who does the will of God abides forever. Right. Okay, you, that was a 15-year stop? That was. Okay, pick up the journey. <laughs> uh, well, um, I guess uh, just uh, I'll say that before I arrived at the Amish community, uh, I had, you know, I spent my entire life uh, kind of sampling from, from the time I left the town that I grew up in onward. Uh, and at one point, I was in Southern Oregon, and I was scheduled to uh, to leave. I had just finished a, a stint there at a at an elementary school where I was working. And the weekend before I was scheduled to leave, I ran into this guy in a coffee shop, who invited me to his church. And uh, and by this time, I'd kind of soured on the idea of religion. But he had con- he convinced me that well you know uh, this isn't about religion, this is about you know community and, uh, and a church. I don't think he used the word the body, but that was what he was getting at. And I ended up going with him to a church service on a Sunday morning where I truly was inspired. Uh, the first time that uh, of any of these experiences that I had had in my wanderings where I was truly inspired and I truly felt like 
the word of that God was in the room with us, and uh, so that's when I became a born again Christian, uh, when I was baptized a second time, and uh, and the next week, which was the last week I was scheduled to be there, I went to the same church again, and that week in between was like no other week I'd ever had, where I really felt connected to God, and uh, and it was a it was a profound experience for me. Uh, you know, nothing that I could have manufactured; it just happened, and so that was very exciting to me. Um, and the next week I went, and the the feeling was still there, but that week they were speaking in tongues. And that was very odd to me. And so I just kind of decided at that point that, well, I have this thing going inside of me. I have the Spirit of God inside me. I don't, I'm okay with that. And so I pretty much walked away from that church speaking in tongues. I was scheduled to leave Southern Oregon for New Hampshire anyway. Um, but since then, I really did not attend any church. I just had that, uh, you know, God was my co-pilot. Uh, I would pray constantly, but I did not feel like I needed a religion to have that relationship. And truly, that relationship sustained me uh, even throughout my time with the Amish. Uh, and so, for, for my entire life since then, that relationship has sustained me. Um, and, uh, and I ended up living all over the place and doing all kinds of strange and unusual, wonderful things for, for work and for play. And, um, and then, uh, yes, one day I ran into my future wife, who is my wife today. And, uh, and when uh, things started to get a little serious, she said, well, there's really only one chance for us to have a real relationship, and that's that you're going to have to attend my church. And I said, oh, I don't know if that's, I'm not sure. I, I haven't had a good experience with churches. Uh, my only good experience was my congregational church that I grew up in. And, uh, and that was really dependent on the people that were around me at the time. That, you know, it was a, it was a full-fledged body experience. So, uh, so that, was, that was good. But ever since then, it was kind of like even the church where I was born again, I wasn't quite comfortable there. The speaking in tongues thing just seems so alien to me. So, so, uh, so I said, well, you know, I'm not sure it's going to work because I'm really not sure I can abide by any particular religion. And she said, well, actually, the church I go to doesn't believe in religion. <laughs> that, that would be a, a, a sentence that a lot of folks would have to say. Say that again. Uh, yeah, let's, exactly. Let's, let's take that apart. Took a little processing there, and I was like, "Well, you know, I'm I'm open, I guess, because I was interested in her. I was uh, actively pursuing her, uh, and uh, so um, so yes, I I went to that church uh, meeting." And started going every week and uh, realized that, uh, yeah, spirituality is much more than uh, a church. Uh, spirituality is about a body. 
And, uh, and that body doesn't need to be in a building. It can be in a series of buildings. It can be fluid, like the Amish. Every, every other week, they go to a different building. Uh, and that's part of their um, experience. Uh, so uh, that was the experience that I had gotten. All the benefits of the Amish church with none of the problems. <laughs> I didn't have to give up my car or my phone or, or my job or any of that. Uh, so that, uh, that church has sustained me ever since. And, well, describe uh, that for us, Conrad. What, what is uh, a typical week like in, the, in your, your church life, your Christian life? Um, well, uh, it depends uh, on the week because mm. there's many things going on. I, should, I, I forgot to tell our listeners that your wife is a professor at FSU, so I'm sure there are demands that you get brought into That's true. Uh, being married to a pro- professor at FSU. But uh, please uh, describe uh, the Christian life as you have it now. Bring mm. us up to date. Well, uh, the Christian life as I have it now is uh, is me just kind of hanging on for dear life uh, because uh, in spite of the fact that I do believe everything I'm doing is in accordance to the, with the Lord's will, um, it is uh, it is a bit like being on a roller coaster and hanging on to the back of the last car and, and being tossed in the wind a bit. Um, but uh, the church that I uh, go to now is uh, is a very loving group, uh, good natured, good sense of humor, uh, very loving of the Lord. Uh, a different event every night if you really want to. Uh, most of the events are in homes. Uh, we tend to meet in small groups in homes, and those groups tend to uh, ebb and flow, get larger and, and larger until we have to break into uh, maybe two groups in two different homes. But it's all one body, and, uh, and I think that's the, uh, the critical piece. Uh, the, that's the part that has replaced religion for me, is the one body. Uh, the one body that's connected to to God through the Spirit, and uh, and so yes, uh, we uh, we meet several times uh, a week, and we have a campus meeting on Thursday nights where we feed the students. And although I don't often uh, partake, I almost always cook for the campus meeting, uh, or at least uh, over the years I have. Um, so you're meeting on the campus, you're meeting in homes, and but I saw you one time in a coffee shop that's meeting. That's true. Yes, meeting coffee shops. <laughs> so Small any, groups. Any place will work. Huh? Yes, any two come together. <laughs> and that's where the Lord may be. Uh, it so. sounds like uh, is it Acts chapter 2, uh, the, our predecessors trying to go on after the Lord left us uh, visibly, and they were trying to go on with him invisibly. Follow him in his uh, after his resurrection. It says they met day by day, mm-hmm. house to house. Mm-hmm. I think I read a verse earlier that talked about uh, you know meeting on the first day of the week to uh, break bread and remember the Lord in uh, the way of a, a, a spiritual feast. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think a lot of. Uh, our dear brothers and sisters, Conrad, uh, when you say the experience of the body, um, 
because most maybe they're not meeting right now and maybe they've been turned off uh, as it sounds like you were in some of your samplings to a, kind of a religious approach and they long for you know you know more of an organic uh, approach with the uh, the blessing I mentioned earlier, I think it's in Psalm 133, that the oneness has a blessing that comes with it. Mm-hmm. And that blessing is life. Amen. And life <laughs> seems to be uh, something that's a part of what you're talking about with the body. Uh, um, body, The body and life and uh, members joined one to another. Mm-hmm. The, this life flowing from one member to another. Um and it sounds like in your wanderings, uh, as you were sampling this and rejecting this and sampling that, rejecting that, that you were really longing for more of a living rather than a religion. Don't let me put words in your mouth. That's exactly right. Please elaborate. As you were doing all of these samplings, and it sounds like your touring was coast to coast, um, and the longing got met. But, um, do you want to give our listeners any hope that uh, they there is more to maybe than what their frustrations have uh, led them to? Well, um, yes, I will. Uh, I have a lot of hope, and uh, that comes from uh, a bit of despair during those wandering years when I was feeling like I just wasn't going to fit in anywhere. Uh, many, many churches, uh, I, I was rejected more than those churches that I rejected. Um, but, uh, but yes, the, um, the, the, what I learned from the Amish during those years was that uh, the body uh, provides in so many different ways. Uh, and, and so that was my first experience of the body. You know, Amish kids grow up with with virtually no support other than the the support of the church, the parents, of course, too, but um, but they grow up in a way that uh, they feel so much confidence without pride. Uh, they have a support network that is just uh, incredible. Um, if if the if a tornado goes through and takes out your barn one day, the next afternoon you will have a new barn because the entire body comes together and puts that back in place. So, so that's where I learned the concept of uh, the body. And then coming to the church that I'm in now, uh, I saw the same thing. I saw a group of people that were always there for one another, that were able to step up in any situation. And, uh, and that's a really important part of being one- of oneness. Mm. And, uh, and so that's, uh, that's one of the important things about this church. Um, but the other most important thing is the idea that we don't have a leader. Our leader is Christ. Uh, we don't have a pastor who stands up and tells us what to think. Uh, we prophesy every week, uh, and we try to let the Lord speak through us, and and we try to speak forth the Word of God. And uh, and and when you get a group of people doing that, there's this synergy that uh, that is that is that can only be God inspired. It's uh, it's quite wonderful and. Um, and it's uh, it makes for a great church life. 
Well, First Corinthians chapter 14 that I alluded to, I think, earlier, describes a Christian meeting. It says, whenever you come together, each one has. And then uh, several times in that chapter, it says you should pursue uh, love, of course, and pursue prophesying. Uh, it's a gift, apparently, that every believer can have. But I think, Conrad, that might be a new term to many believers. Good point. We don't want to get it confused with telling the future. <laughs> That's That happened a lot in the Old Testament. <laughs> right. And it's maybe not totally eliminated in the New Testament uh, updating of it. But uh, with the brothers and sisters that you meet with, what, what does that mean, prophesying? Yeah, it's, it's not about telling the future or reading poems or any of that. It's about uh, speaking forth the Word of God. And so during the week, we experience uh, Christ in many ways, and, uh, and then we come together on Sunday mornings and we speak forth whatever the Lord has given us for that week. Uh, that's uh, what we call prophesying. So that's how do you do? You have a schedule of who's going to go next, or because I think that same verse, uh, same chapter, excuse me, First Corinthians fourteen, says that all things be done decently and in order. Mm. So how many how many folks are going to sh speak? Oh, well, you just never know. Sometimes, sometimes it's a quiet morning, and sometimes everybody wants to speak at once. So it's uh, that's not something that concerns us. Um, you know, the hard part is uh, is not using our um, our human voice to do that speaking. Uh, you use our divine voice. Use our the not speak as a human, uh, but speak as a divine entity. In that same chapter, First Corinthians fourteen, that sort of lays out a New Testament meeting. It says that uh, I believe when. Each one is functioning. There's prophesying going on. It says the result is going to be that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And also woven in there is that the body gets built up. Is that your experience? Yes, it's very much my experience, yes. So you, you learn, you get encouraged, and mm -hmm. the overall body of Christ gets uh, built up. The, the living water starts to overflow in all of us, and then it starts to bubble out and uh, creates all this uh, momentum. Well, Conrad, I'm going to give our listeners a way to uh, take another step if they would like to. Um, this is a phone number where you can leave a message on a voicemail if you would like to uh, meet some neighbors, uh, have them visit you or you visit them, whatever you're most comfortable with, or meet in a coffee shop to have some fellowship, get into God's Word, um, pray with another believer, whatever your need is, you can leave a message at 692-9558. That phone number again is 692-9558. Or if you prefer to leave an email, the way to reach out and be connected with other believers in Tallahassee is Christian Connect Tallahassee at gmail.com. Christian Connect Tallahassee. Oh, at, one word. At gmail.com. Thank you, yes. Conrad. No dots, no dashes, right. no spaces. Right. <laughs> one word. Christian Connect Tallahassee at gmail.com. And I want to also remind you if you just joined us, if you would like some help in having God's view of the church, 
Um, the author that has helped me tremendously through the years is a dear brother who became a martyr named uh, Watchman Nee. We'd like to give you a free copy of a book called The Glorious Church. The Glorious Church. And you can get a free copy if you just tell them where to send it. The way to do that is bfa.org. And that stands for Bibles for America. bfa.org. Ask them to send you a copy of The Glorious Church. With Doug Apple's help, we're going to take a short break and be right back for a little more visiting with our guest today, Conrad Metcalf. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. The outward objective knowledge that puffs up comes from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the source of death. Spiritual love, which is an expression of life, builds up. It comes from the tree of life, the source of life. This is the love of God infused into us by faith, which has brought us into the organic union with God. By this love, we love God and the brothers, and according to this love, we should walk. Scripture and Commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version, published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit recoveryversion.org. Hi, my name is Penny, and I meet with the church in Tallahassee. In Ezekiel 44, there's a unique phrase that says, You shall come near to me to minister to me. And it also says that the basis for the ministry to the Lord, the basic requirement for ministering to the Lord, is to draw near to the Lord. That no one can minister to Him without drawing near to Him. No one can minister to the Lord without approaching Him in prayer. Spiritual power is not the power of preaching, but the power of praying. How much you pray indicates how much inner strength you really possess. No spiritual matter requires more strength than prayer. If you would like to pray with a group in your neighborhood of twos or threes and pray with us, 850-692-9558. We meet in small groups for prayer all over Tallahassee, and we welcome you. 850-692-9558. Thank you, Doug Apple. This is Lowell Jackson. We call this time uh, Fellowship. And I want to uh, mention the, a seminar coming up uh, on uh, Saturday, November the 2nd. And it will be led by uh, a guest we've had on recently, Dr. Uh, David Hull, called The Church in the New Testament. He uh, has really seen a lot about um, how the New Testament lays out 
the view of the church. It is just a half a day, so if you're limited by your weekday schedule or responsibilities, it's 9.30 until 1.30 p.m. Uh, $29 will cover uh, the cost of the tuition, and somebody has already paid for half of your tuition, so you can get in for half of that. If uh, that half is a problem, they'll work it out for you at TCCTC. Um, it's called The Church in the New Testament, and that is going to be uh, half a day, Saturday, November the 2nd, beginning at 930 You can register. It's very, very simple. You're not enrolling in college. You're not doing anything complicated. You just like to go to this half-a-day workshop getting into the scriptures. You can do so with tcctc.org. T-C-C. Did I give you too many C's? tcctc.org and that of course is short for Tallahassee Community College and Training Center. Uh, the phone number is 513-1000 513-1000 I would really recommend you join Dr. Hull and dig into uh, God's Word and get the biblical view of the church in a good way to spend uh, half your Saturday. We are visiting, fellowshipping, enjoying um, the journey of our brother uh, Conrad Midcalf, who uh, literally uh, toured coast to coast for years looking for uh, something. What were you looking for? I guess I was looking for uh, the body of Christ uh, (laughs) expressed on the earth. (laughs) Is the body of Christ being expressed on the earth? (laughs) I think it is, yes. Okay. Well, um, that... um, Voicemail I gave earlier is a way for folks to meet fellow members of the body because I find that many times we kind of get in our rut, our groove, our cluster, and don't uh, see the big picture and don't really um, experience that much of an expansive fellowship. Um, But I think the Lord wants to do something. Hmm. I think He has a plan. I think He has a plan. And it's not always easy to see the plan. And I was in a coffee shop a couple of days ago, and this brother and I have been reading um, through the New Testament, just not much each week, maybe a chapter. Sometimes we don't even get to a chapter. But we've now gotten over the past five years to uh, Revelation. And when I read the first three chapters there of Revelation, it looks like the up-to-date Christ, today's Christ, beyond the incarnation, beyond the human living, beyond crucifixion, beyond resurrection. Today, he is walking among the lampstands, and he says he goes to seven cities, to a church in each city, seven churches, seven cities, and he goes congregation by congregation calling for overcomers. And I don't think that means the superheroes. I think it just means those that can overcome some of these things that blind us and limit us and hold us down and who will just respond to uh, the Lord's call. Come. Mm. Amen. Come. So may he get some who will hear. (laughs) Yes. Some who will overcome. Yes. We need Uh, to be listening. Yes. Uh, Overcome all these things that would uh, keep us from knowing what I read about uh, earlier with the fullness of Christ, which is the body. It's uh, inconceivable to me that Christ could be more, but the Bible says that um, 
the fullness of Christ is the body of Christ. So he's put himself as the spirit in all these members, and the members can enjoy a fuller, richer experience of Christ by uh, being holding the head, focusing on the head, enjoying the head, letting the head flow through member to member. Well, Conrad, would you have any advice for uh, a listener who's kind of maybe even given up? Sounds like you had given up and kept sampling and give up, but sample more. And um. uh, Sure. I think, uh, well, I'm not, not real good on giving advice. Uh, uh, your listeners probably may not want to trust my advice, but I will say that uh, as an individual with an individual relationship to the Lord, um, I felt uh, I felt like I was following His lead um, throughout my whole life. Uh, that was my focus. But um, what I notice uh, from being part of the body is that uh, there are certain things that can only be done uh, where the where God's lead can only be done through a corporate entity. And that corporate entity is uh, the body coming together. Um, and, uh, and that is a whole different thing than having a relationship with God. That is having a relationship with God through a corporate body. And, uh, and I feel like I had a good relationship with God all those years, but that it was elevated by uh, being part of a corporate body where uh, the expression of Christ is is so much uh, so much more obvious, uh, so elevated to uh, to an extent. So yes, I think uh, it's good to be a Christian. It's uh, it's better to be part of a corporate body. Well, your journey of all those years and the sampling uh, reminds me of a verse in the Old Testament, and our listeners know that I'm not very good at remembering addresses, <laughs> but it says the Lord makes a promise. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the Lord just needs some seekers, some ones that are uh, like in Song of Songs, you know, just are, are chasing him. Just, are, you know, Lord, I want to find reality. I just don't want to live a vain human life, put together some decades on the American treadmill, like the or like the be like the gerbil in the cage, you know, running and running and running, but going nowhere and just ending. We uh, there's a verse in Ecclesiastes that says God has put eternity in man's heart. We were made by a purposeful one with a purpose. And the Lord wants us to find that purpose um, in what He's doing right now. And based on the Lord's word there in uh, Matthew 28, He said, I will build my church. Mm-hmm. I will build it. And Ephesians goes on to elaborate that that church is His body. Is His body. I just wish that. Um, Though we could get out of our cultural um, uh, definitions, you know, the culture will try to de- define things that are dear and precious to uh, to God's word and God's view. If we can uh, get back, recover 
this uh, view that the scripture has, there's much more, much more. The, as the word says, there's the fullness, and the fullness is in the body. Um, well, I, thanks, thanks for coming by. Oh, That's, my pleasure. Uh, I've enjoyed, Thank you for having me. Enjoyed your journey. I think uh, listeners may not have traveled coast to coast and spent uh, you know years and uh, different with different groups, but I think many of us have been on the on a tour. Yes, many may of us have, have been wandering and looking. <laughs> may have never left Leon County, but still we're seekers, you know. And you know there was there's nothing uh, nothing improper about any of those churches that mm-hmm. I sampled mm-hmm. over those years. But uh, but it's it's not about religion. Mm-hmm. It's about and and you said it earlier. It's about listening. Mm-hmm. It's about listening to the Lord, and uh, and moving in accordance with what you hear. Mm-hmm. The good news is a person, and I was surprised not long ago when I was reading in the New Testament, and it said they preached um, Christ as the gospel. Our good news is a person. And as you've well pointed out, the up-to-date Christ um, is corporate, is, is the head and the body. And may the Lord recover that experience. Every, it's every genuine believer's birthright to, to live according to our God's purpose and His design. It's our birthright. We, we should not be cheated. Yes. Well, I want to give believers a little way to take another step. If you would like to begin your day with the Lord, um, you can get an email during the night that will help you start your day with um, a verse and a few paragraphs. That's uh, emana.com, E-M-A-N-N-A.com. And it's a, just a good way to start your day. If you would like to meet some other believers in your area, uh, leave a voicemail at 692-9558, 692 692- Nine five five eight. If you would like a free copy of a book that I would highly recommend by our brother Watchman Nee called The Glorious Church, you can get a free copy. Just tell them where to send it. The dear believers who will send that to you are at bfa.org. That's short for biblesforamerica.org. If you would like to enroll in the workshop coming up next Saturday uh, on the church in the New Testament, go to tcctc.org, tcctc.org. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Doug Apple, for your help. The Lord is my strength, the joy of the Lord.